Well, today's kind of a special day. It's a little bit of a different day because it's what we call a Good News Sunday around here. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of bad news in the world. I mean, all you have to do is turn on cable TV or, or you know, look on your internet, and there's just bad news everywhere. Uh, if it's not the government, it's, it's natural disasters, it's all kinds of terrible and bad things happening. There are some good news stories, and, you know, some of them are cheesy and goofy and, and don't really promise really what they say, offering some good news. But there is some good news, and we call it the good news, because just like, uh, you know, if you think about, you know, sometimes people ask me if I'm the Michael Porter. Well, I'm not the Michael Porter that plays basketball, obviously, and I'm not the Michael Porter who's the Harvard business professor, if you know me, obviously. I'm the other one, and, but there is a good news. There is the good news. It's uh, far above any other good news. And on this day every year, we want to share with you another way to share the good news with your family, your friends, and your coworkers. It's an interesting thing that over the last five years, uh, since Fellowship of Grace came to this location and merged with another small church, the people that have come to Fellowship of Grace, that have given their life to Jesus, that have been baptized, that have been discipled, and are being discipled currently at Fellowship of Grace, uh, the vast, vast, vast majority, in fact, I think there's only one exception, the vast majority of all of those people have come here uh, because you invited them. They're your friends, they're your family, they're your neighbors. You know, we've had some big evangelistic events here. We've packed the place out, and we've seen no fruit from that. I think the days of, uh, uh, you know, in the 60s and 70s and 80s where you have a big event and 50 people uh, come to know Jesus as their Savior and they all get, you know, discipled and are all growing in Jesus, I, I just think in our culture those days seem to be over because they just aren't happening uh, very often in, in anywhere really in our culture. But what is happening is there's a new kind of evangelism strategy, strategy that's really not new at all. In fact, it's the oldest one. It's the oldest evangelism strategy there is, and that is you showing Jesus in your life and you telling others about Christ. That's why we do this. We want to give you new and different ways to kind of wrap the same package. The gospel never changes. The good news of Jesus never changes, but we can express it or communicate it in a little different ideas. For instance, two years ago, we did a bridge, and we talked to you through how to draw this bridge on a piece of paper or a napkin. I can't tell you how many times I've sat in a restaurant and drawn this on a napkin. You know, people think I'm, uh, you know, selling Amway or something. You know, but I'm not. I, I'm, I'm sharing the gospel with people because I'm drawing it and I'm showing them this bridge. Uh, last year, we used the Evangicube and uh, we showed you all how this little tool can share the gospel with somebody. Tell somebody about the good news. This, is the, the lar- this isn't the one you have. Uh, this is the large one just to kind of show it up here. But we still have some of these. And listen, this is a great way to just leave this uh, on your desk, we have several testimonies of people in our church who just leave this on their desk at work, and people come up and ask questions about it. Well, as soon as they say, hey, what's this come, some kind of a weird new Rubik's Cube? That's an opportunity to share with them how Jesus loves them. Uh, this year, we're going to do something different. Again, the gospel doesn't change. The message isn't changed. The difference is we're going to show you another way to communicate the same exact message. Here's a little introduction. Hey, uh, here's that report that you were looking for. Okay, great, thanks. Hey, man, what are you doing this weekend? 
Uh, it's football season, so you know, headed out going to see a college game on Saturday, and then we got the NFL on Sunday. Yeah, who's your college team? Oh, uh, the Jayhawks. I know we're struggling, but we're starting to come around. Okay. I think. Very cool. What do you got going on? Uh, well, I'm going to do some of my family on Saturday. I think I'm going to take my grandsons to the uh, historical museum, and then um, Sunday I'll be going to church, and then Sunday evening I'm hanging out with some church friends. You talk about church a lot. You go every week. I do. You want to know why? Yeah, absolutely. Let me show you why. Have a seat. Let me show you with these two pieces of paper why it's important. So I admit that we are not great actors. <laughs> and I admit that that probably went over quite a bit easier and better uh, than most of you would ever anticipate. But I do want to show you this morning how easy it is to get into a conversation with someone and be able to share with two simple pieces of paper the gospel. It's a great word picture, and I'm going to share that with you here in just a few minutes. First, I want you to see that there's biblical truth behind this. It's not something we make up. It's not something that our church made up. Uh, it's not even something that uh, Christianity through the years made up. This comes, the truth of this comes from God's word, and I want you to see that. This is what we call the good news. First of us, first of all, all of us sin and are unfit for heaven. We sin and we are unfit for heaven. Romans 3.23 says this, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, if you've been around here any time at all, you realize that we use this verse a lot to just point out our sinfulness. I can tell you that uh, on Friday nights as an Uber driver, I have shared this verse many, many times with people because the world has this upside down view that we're all pretty good people, we're all going to heaven, except the really, 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 really bad people. You know, the child molesters, the, the uh, homicidal maniacs, they're going to hell, but the rest of us are probably okay. I share this verse with them and talk to them about this principle to let them understand that the gospel, the truth of Jesus, is the opposite. That all of us have sinned and all of us deserve to be separated from him forever because we are unfit for his holiness. We are unfit to be in his presence. We are unfit to be in his heaven. Number two is that we can't straighten out our own lives. Listen, as much as we try... We can't fix ourselves. We can't stop sinning. We can't really do good things. Now, we might in some certain instances say, you know, I used to do this all the time. I'm going I'm to make a choice to do something better. Now, we can do a little bit of self-help and a little bit of, of, of you know, turning our own uh, selves around a little bit. But, folks, there is no way, there is no way that we can outdo all of the wrong that we have done. Because God's standard is holiness, once we have sinned once, even if we were capable, which we aren't, of never sinning again, we would still be unfit for his holiness and for his heaven. And so we can't straighten out our own lives. Look what it says, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. It says, we have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. What it means is you stack up all of our goodness all in one place, all in one big pile. Here's our goodness. It's like dirty, filthy garbage. It doesn't mean anything because uh, next to God's holiness, it looks like trash. Now, what we have a tendency to do as humans is go, man, I look at all of my goodness and I stack it up against that guy over there. I'm really pretty good. I, th I think I'm in good shape. Compared to that guy, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm more like Jesus than he is. So I ought to be pretty good. But folks, when we pile our good stuff against God's holiness, 
it doesn't even begin to measure up. And so we can't straighten out our own lives. There is no possible way that we can do that. The third thing we see is that Jesus came to earth and lived a perfect life that we could not live. This is the reason why he is, is worthy of heaven and we are not. That's why we, he is worthy of God's holiness and to be in God's holy presence and we are not because he lived a completely perfect life. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22. It says, he, meaning Jesus, he committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. He never once sinned, he never once lied, there was nothing even in the words that he said that was deceitful his entire life. He was perfect. He was holy. That's why he lives up to God's holiness. And frankly, he is the only one who deserves to be in God's presence because he came from God because he is God. Next, we see that he died and rose again so that we could trade our lives for his he died and rose again. And by the way, he did that voluntarily. Nobody took his life from him. He gave it willingly. He died and rose again three days later. And the evidence is overwhelming for his resurrection. So that we could trade our lives for his. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. This is actually one of my absolute favorite verses in the entire Bible. It says, for our sake... He made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There's a lot of hymns in there. It's almost like a hymnal. Okay, you'll get that later. It'll be funnier. Okay, let's, let's, let's fill in all the he's and him's, okay? For our sake, God made, no, no, no. Yeah, God made Jesus to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Jesus we might become the righteousness of God. In other words, uh, Jesus came to the earth and God allowed him, God is, it's God's plan, folks, for Jesus to actually become the very thing that God hates. God's, it, it just sin, our sinfuls. God allowed him to take it upon himself. He basically said, I'm going to take their big trash heap and I'm going to put it on me and I'm going to allow myself to be killed uh, for this purpose to basically trade places with them. I'm going to take credit. I'm going to take credit for their sinfulness that will drive them away from God, and I am going to give them credit for my holiness, my perfection, so that they might be able to be with God. Wow, this is the great exchange. This is the great exchange. Jesus is saying with his, with his sacrifice of his life, I will trade places with you. I will trade places with you. I'm reminded of the story of two Chinese brothers. And one got into a fight in a bar and, and he, he killed a man. And he ran home and he took off all of his clothes and put them into a, a back closet and, and, and ran away. And these were two identical twins, by the way. The twin brother saw what he had done, put the clothes on, got the clothes out of the closet, put the clothes on. The police came, arrested him, and, and executed him. Uh, before the other brother, who had actually done the deed, had knew about it. And so when he came forward, he felt so guilty when he found out what had happened to his twin brother. He was so guilty, he felt so guilty. He came and confessed what he had done to the police. And they said, you can go free. Your brother's paid the price. The, the, the sin that you did, the crime that you committed, deserved a penalty, 
but it has already been paid, therefore you can go free. That's what Jesus did for us, folks. That's what he did for us. He died and rose again so that we could trade our lives for his. And finally, we see that by faith, we can receive forgiveness of our sins and be fit for heaven. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life or eternal life. The Bible's really clear on this. Uh, Asher uh, shared the gospel when he shared his testimony. He said, the Bible says that if I believe in Jesus, if I believe Jesus came and died for my sins, and I put my faith in that, that I can be forgiven. That is the gospel. That is the gospel. But folks, this is, not a, this is not just a head belief. I believe something happened. It's, it's, it's faith. It's the willingness to risk oneself because I believe something so strongly. That's the difference. Listen, we believe a lot of things, but some things we have faith in. I am so sure of this, I would risk myself for it. Listen, when we who are believers in Jesus cross over that line of faith, when we make the conscious decision to cross over that line of faith and say, I believe Jesus died and rose again for me to pay for my sins. I put in my faith and trust in what he did and what he did alone to save me. That should change everything in our lives. Everything we do should be a, a, a reflection of that. It should be a response to that. And by the way, it should change our language. It, 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 it frustrates me a little bit when I hear sometimes people who say they're followers of Jesus say, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. I hope, uh, hope, hope I don't have to spend some time in purgatory or go to hell for that. I could go to hell for that. No, you can't. Your sins have been paid for. Now, we don't take advantage of God's grace. We don't take advantage of God's love. But folks, we need to, that needs to change our language. When you say, man, I, ooh, I hope I can still go to heaven. No, you don't hope it. You know it. Listen. I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt, absolutely, that I know that I'm going to heaven when I die. It's not because of me. It's not a conceited or a cocky thing to say. It's just the truth of God's word. I've put my faith and trust in him. Listen, if I find out this is wrong, I'm sunk. Because all my chips have gone to the center of the table. I'm betting that Jesus was the savior of the world. I've got no chips left. I've got nothing else to believe in. I've got nothing else to put any faith or trust in. It's all on the fact that Jesus was the Savior of the world and that he died and paid for my sins on the cross and rose three days later. Folks, that's faith. That's faith. There aren't any hopes of other things. There aren't any plan Bs. There aren't any exit doors like getting on a roller coaster. No, no, it's all one thing. It's done. And so when we talk about the gospel, that's what we mean. These five things together are the gospel. Folks, this is the best news on the planet. You can search the internet till Jesus comes, and you will not find any better news than this. This is the good news. It makes a difference on where we can spend eternity. Now, I want Jake to come up. And Jake's getting to baptize his son later today. He's pretty excited about the day. Oh, and he's also our evangelism director. And I'm going to share, and by the way, I haven't practiced this with Jake because I want you to see how easy this is, okay? We haven't practiced this. I haven't gone through it with him. I want to share with him one time. I see I can't say that in the second service. Uh, I'm going to show him one time how this works. And then I'm going to 
ask him to share it back with me. I want you to see how easy it is to pick up on this. And then I'm going to ask you all to get into groups of two or three around you. If you notice, your chairs are not hooked together today. I'm going to ask you to get in groups of two or three around you. And somebody in your group, just practice. Share this with your little two or three person group and just see how easy it is. I want you to just see how easy this is, all right? So, okay, we talked about our weekend there. Jake, we're going to pick up white ribbon left on the video. It's a much nicer shirt. Okay, ready? I'm going to do this. Okay. Uh, so, okay, so, and by the way, that conversation, I can get into that conversation with just about anybody. Because if I ask somebody what they're doing this weekend, right after they tell me, what's the most common thing they're going to say to me? What are you doing? And I'm going to tell them. And I'm going to make church and being with church people and being with God's people, I'm going to make that the central part of my answer. And it's amazing how often they ask questions about that. And my response, if I'm around paper, <laughs> is, is this. All right, so Jake, let me just share this with you. So let's just say this, this sheet here of paper uh, represents our lives, you and me, okay? Uh, so sometimes we do wrong things. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And, and, and respond like, you know, a normal person who doesn't come to church all the time, okay? Don't, don't make it too easy for you, okay? Okay. Uh, so you would agree that, that you've, you've lied in your lifetime. I've certainly lied in my lifetime. We've done things that are wrong. And every time we do something wrong, kind of messes up our life. Sometimes we have some pretty bad consequences. Now, sometimes the sins aren't that big a deal. It's just a really maybe a small thing. But sometimes the sins get bigger. And, and what's the biggest? No, I'm not going to ask you. What's the, but we do things that just kind of mess up our lives. And have you ever felt like this is kind of like what your life is like? I mean, have you ever gotten to the place where you're like, man, my life is really messed up? Yeah, I've gotten. Okay, so what we do as human beings is we go, listen, I need to straighten my act up. So why don't you just straighten your act up? Why don't you straighten that out for me? Get it back into its pristine condition. Okay. Awesome. Wow, look at that. It's almost like new. Well, no, it's, it's really not. It's still pretty bad. And that's what we try to do. You see, we try to fix our lives, and we might make it a little better, but it's still pretty cruddy. And God says that we have to be perfect to be in his presence and to be in heaven. And so if I stand before God and I say, God, here's my life, I'm in a lot of trouble, aren't I? Okay. But here's the cool thing. Jesus came to the earth, and he never sinned once. He never lied. He never cheated. He never stole. He never hated. He never committed a sin, and he lived this perfect life. And so here's our life, you and me. Here's the life of Jesus. He can go to heaven. We, unfortunately, can't because our lives are so kind of cruddy and messed up. But here's the cool thing. Jesus died on the cross for us. He actually gave up his life. And what he did in that moment was he said, I'm going to change places with you. I'm going to take the punishment for all your sin and all the bad things that you've done. And I'm going to give you credit for my perfect life. Why don't you take that, Jake? Just hang on to it. Don't bend it, okay? <laughs> don't mess up Jesus' life, all right? That's the perfect life of Jesus. And so when you stand before God, if you put your faith and trust in that fact that Jesus it created this great exchange where he said, I will take this from you and I will give you this. Now when you stand before God, you can hold that up and say, look, God, here's my t basically ticket into heaven because I put my faith and trust in what Jesus did rather than trying to be a good person on my own. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. 
And so if you just put your faith and trust in this, in other words, if you believe that this is true and you say, God, I accept this gift that you're giving me, he's already made the exchange. Now it's really a matter of you deciding, I want to accept this gift and give you my life. Is that something you'd like to do? I think so. Okay. And so if, if that happened, and it has happened before, and he said, I think so, I would just lead him and help him pray. And, uh, you know, there's no magic prayer. We don't, you know, there's no specific words you have to say. But I would just lead him in a prayer that says, basically, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know that Jesus died on the cross for me. I accept that gift, and I put my faith and trust in him to save me. I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. That's it. That's it. Folks, in that moment, when he consciously decides to put his faith and trust in Jesus, that is the moment in time that the Bible says he passes from death to life. The moment before he decided if a plane fell on us, he would spend eternity separated from God because this would be, in a sense, his ticket. The moment after he put his faith and trust in Jesus and a plane fell on us, in that moment after, this would be what he stands before God with. And he would be able to be in God's heaven because he's now, in a sense, offering up a perfect life for entrance. Hey, Chuck, could you grab me one more sheet of paper back there? I, 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 I get one, Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Now, Jake has seen that just one time, okay? Now, Jake, that's our lies right there. Uh, <laughs> share this with me, Jake. Pastor Michael, could I show you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't start there. <laughs> Although I will tell you, I will tell you, um, I've led a youth pastor to Christ before. D don't assume that everybody who's religious really knows Jesus. Okay? But I do, so yeah. let's not start there. <laughs> right. So you would agree that we all do bad things in our lives. Uh, yeah, yeah. For sure. So if this was kind of a representation of our lives, mm -hmm. and every time we did something bad, it just gives a little wrinkle to our lives. Okay. You know? And maybe sometimes it's just something little bad. Mm -hmm. But over time, those bad things just add up and add up and add up in our lives. Until the end, when we look something, our lives look like this. Now, you can do everything you can try to straighten us back out. In fact, give it a whirl. Okay. You can see that there's no way that you're going to restore this paper back to the yeah. original form that it was in when it was perfect looking. Okay? And that's what happens with our lives. And we can't go into heaven with our lives looking like this. But the good news is that God sent his son Jesus. And Jesus lived a perfect life. And this is Jesus' life. Okay. And he loved us so much that he was willing to give his life up in exchange for ours. So that we would have the perfect life. So that we could go into heaven, represented by him. And all we have to do is accept that free, gift, that free gift of grace. He's already done the work on the cross. Now it's just a free gift of grace. And you can look like this. This is the only way to restore our lives back, that perfect state. Would you like to accept Jesus now? Yes, I would. Okay. Great. Great job, Jake. Thank you. Put him on the spot. Okay. 
So listen, let, let me just share with you one thing. One thing is a, a, word, a good word picture. Be sure that you put these both on a table and you actually exchange places. That is just a, a visual cue for them to see that Jesus has switched switch places with us, okay? So we've got some paper in the back. We've got a couple of guys there in the back. Could you just grab some paper? Get your chairs into twos and threes right now. And somebody in your group, somebody in your group just practice this uh, with the little group, okay? You got 10 minutes. Hurry. All right, let me have your attention, okay? A couple things I want to point out to you. Okay, first of all, you see how easy that is? And almost everywhere you're at, there's a couple of sheets of paper you can do this with. And, and, and I've done this numerous times and led people to Christ just doing this very thing. Now, one thing I want to point out to you, and that is at the end, you've got to ask them the question. There's nothing worse then you go to the trouble of sharing all this and you say, what do you think about that? And they say, well, that's really interesting. You say, well, thank you. And, and maybe God's tugging at their heart. Maybe God's trying to draw them in and we don't even offer them the opportunity, folks. It's important to say, is that something, would you like to put your faith in Jesus now? And if they say, mm, not really, then you just offer it up to them. Hey, listen, if you ever wanna talk about this again, I'm here. Feel free to come talk to me. Anytime you want to talk about this more or have questions, I'm ready to talk about it, okay? If they say yes, I think it's helpful to, to lead them in a prayer. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it uh, for all of you. I want you to participate with me. And what I say to them is something like this. Listen, there's no magic in these words. And if I say anything that you don't believe and you don't want to say, stop me. I'm not trying to put words into your mouth. I'm trying to ha help you express things. It's kind of a lot like when I'm counseling with a couple and he's trying to express something and he just can't get it out. And I say, is this what you mean? He's like, yes, thank you. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Okay, so I'm not trying to put words in people's mouth. I'm trying to help them express things so that they can hear themselves say it, they can hear themselves committing to it, and it makes sense to them. So what I would say to them is, hey, I'm going to help you in a prayer, and I'd like you just to re repeat after me, okay? And so I'm going to start praying here in a minute, and I'm, I literally want all of you to, to respond by repeating after me. I want you to see, like, how easy this is, okay? So this is how I would lead the person. I say, dear God, dear God. I know I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sin. I put my faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross to pay for my sins. I receive him in my life and I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. And then I would, would help them to understand in this moment, you have passed from death to life. And I never get over it, folks. I'm telling you, the first time you lead somebody to Jesus and you will just think in that moment, this person's eternity has been changed. It's been altered forever. And nothing, nothing can change that. Folks, I'm telling you, it'll put a fire in your belly that will never go out. It just will. God just does something, okay? So we're going to do the same thing this morning. We're not going to leave here today without asking the question. So what I'd like for everybody to do, we don't do this a lot around here, but I'd like for everybody just to close your eyes where you're at, okay? Everybody close your eyes where you're at.
Listen, we want to offer you the opportunity to respond to this. So I'm asking you today, I'm asking you today, is this something that you would like to do? Would you like to put your faith in Jesus today? Would you like to give your life to him today? If you're here this morning and you'd say, yes, today is the day I'm crossing over the line of faith. I'm giving my life to Jesus. Just slip up your hand and let me see it. Anybody at all? Okay. One, two, three. Awesome. Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay, without anybody else looking around, for those of you who lifted your hands, what I'd like you to do is, if you would get up from where you're at, walk through the door in the back of the worship center, there are some people in a room on the other side of that door that want to just spend a few minutes helping you, that want to help you understand what it is you're doing today. So if you, if you would like to receive Christ as your Savior, just get up from where you're at and walk out that door. I promise you're not going to miss lunch. We're not going to take it. It's not going to take hours, okay? Don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. Anybody else? Folks, don't put this off, I'm telling you. A man that I was trying to lead to Christ at my work we would joke about church. And on a Friday afternoon, he said to me, I'm going to go party this weekend, Michael. I know you're going to spend most of your time at church. I'm going to go party this weekend and I guess party with my friends in hell someday. That man was murdered on Sunday night. Man, folks, don't put this off. Don't put this off. Anybody else? All right. Thank you all for being here today. Thank you very much. I hope that this hasn't been too weird from a normal Sunday. But we want to, listen, our evangelism strategy is to send out uh, 200 missionaries this week to the world. You are among them. That's our evangelism strategy. We want you to go and share the gospel with your friends and neighbors. So let me pray for us. Father, thank you for this time we've had to be together. God, help this to just uh, really sear into our brains. Help this to really um, just solidify so that it's always in the front of our mind. We're looking for opportunities. We know there are people all around us who have never been to church, who don't know Jesus, where nobody has ever shared with them the gospel. I am still amazed at how many people tell me I've never heard that. I've never heard that I could just put my faith and trust in what Jesus did and be saved from hell. God, use us in a great way to minister to our friends and our neighbors, to those we love, and uh, Father, we just thank you for uh, just the wonderful time we've had to be together. Help us to be missionaries where we go. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.